Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 950. What I have always tried to do is I always tried to keep a positive attitude and tried to think, what can I do that will have meaning for those people out there that I want to sell it to or that I want to introduce it to? And and what's the best way to do it? And, And my whole attitude toward business and everything else in life is go for the gusto. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Vic Piano. Vic, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? You bet I am, Mark. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Great to have you here. Vic Piano is the founder of the new world-class Cigar City Concours de Elegance. Their inaugural event will take place later this year, November 10th and 11th. 2018 in the Innisbrook Golf and Spa Resort in Palm Harbor, Florida. Vic spent over 30 years of his professional career in the broadcast and cable television industry as an on-air talent and as director and producer for sports and entertainment events. His company, Mislu Television, also featured a division for out-of-home media sales, MTRN and Mislu Thoroughbred Racing Network, He published a magazine called Part Finder, focusing on post-World War II special interest automobiles. And in television, he produced a number of motorsports events, including NASCAR, SCORE, the Long Beach and Watkins Glen Grand Prix, and the ISCA Grand National in Las Vegas, Nevada. Vic's passion for antique, classic, and special interest cars and trucks also has a little bit of an emphasis on convertible, so we'll learn a lot more about that. So, Vic. I have told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your very long and successful career and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Well, I I certainly will, Mark. And uh, my long career, as you put it, I hope I don't show my age. But uh, (laughs) it's a good thing we're we're on the radio. We're still here. That's all that matters. But as uh, as you know, I have been uh, in the broadcast business for my entire professional career, starting out as a disc jockey on a very low-power radio station in college. And uh, coming up to, I, I have the uh, dubious distinction of having launched more college football bowl games then the three major networks combined. Oh, my gosh. I'll show my age a little bit there. And uh, most of the games that are now currently on ESPN were launched by my company. Wow. And, in fact, way back in the early 80s when ESPN first went on the air, we did a deal that they wanted because they came to us. They did not have enough live programming. Hmm. So we did a, a basically a simulcast where it was Mizzou ESPN. We did all of our college bowl games and I did seven bowl games over a six week period in December, November, December, oh my January. Gosh. Wow. So 
that was that was uh, it was an experience. It was a great business when it lasted, but you know things evolve, things change. And when cable television came in, so we we basically decided that we weren't going to continue fighting the escalating rights fees wars for bowl games. Mm-hmm. So we launched a cable television network called Sports News Network. And it was basically the concept was like CNN headline news. And you give us five minutes, we'll let you know everything that's happening in sports. Mm. And uh, it was a great concept. It was a successful concept uh, from the standpoint of viewers and advertisers initially. But you know, we had no idea what it was going to cost us to launch and maintain this network. And so we went public. We raised $38 million on our initial offering. Wow. It was about, it was about $100 million shy of what we actually needed. So yeah, we, yeah. we were on the air for a year, and then it ended up we had to uh, pull a string on that. And that's that was all out of New York where I lived and grew up. And I decided – it's time for me to move to a warmer climate because I love convertibles. And, you know, in New York, you got to use a convertible to its fullest extent one or two days in the summer. And <laughs> yeah. that was it. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, we're going to learn a lot more about your car fascination as we walk through this. And I'm so excited in this new year here that uh, you're launching this new Cigar City Concord de Elegance. So we're going to learn a little bit more about that. But first, as we continue on your automotive journey, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is something that has great meaning for you, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars, yeah? So, Vic, take the wheel. Okay, well, I would have to say imagination is more important than knowledge. I mm. believe that Albert Einstein made that quote, and uh, I've followed that uh, my whole career because uh, I have a vivid imagination even though I'm not that intelligent. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think for anybody that uh, wants to launch a new Concorde, you've got to have a grand imagination because there's a lot of moving parts in all of this. So when you think about this new Concorde, and we're going to learn a lot more about it as we go through the questions, but maybe real briefly here, uh, when you think about a Concorde, what are some of the biggest things that come to mind for you of obstacles you've got to overcome? Well, the very toughest obstacle of all is getting sponsorship support, but that's that's no different than any other business. Your toughest thing is to get sponsors to back you so that you're able to put on the caliber of event that we want to put on. And mm-hmm. we've only just begun getting into that, but also finding an appropriate venue. And I was very fortunate to uh, have found Innisbrook Golf and Spa Resort here in Palm Harbor, Florida, because it is an internationally known venue. Mm-hmm. Well, so th- those those are the first, and then of course the the final <laughs> the final challenge is getting top grade, absolutely magnificent automobiles to come to the event. And oh, so yeah. we are working on that. And uh, I'm happy to say that we have uh, several dozen who have already committed to be on the concourse field on Sunday. And on Saturday, we're doing a uh, more, it's more than a cars and coffee. It's a cigars and cars, and it will be an all day event. And we are inviting 
all high-end sports and luxury automobiles. And they don't have to be new. They don't have to be old. They can run the gamut. And one of our sponsors, or one of our charities, I should say, is the uh, Toys for Tots organization, which is run by the Marine Reserve. Nice. And our our price of admission, if you want to bring your car, which we would approve, is you have to bring one unwrapped toy for Toys for Tots. Oh, what a great, great venue, of course. And of course... We're talking in right now in January, so we just went through the holiday season, and uh, those guys made a lot of children's faces uh, and hearts very, very warm. They do a tremendous job. Well, let's go back in time a little bit with you. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars. You've been a car guy for a long time. Tell us about a pivotal moment as you recall it in your life when you knew you were a car guy. Well, I would have to say that goes way, way back. And when I was, uh, I guess, two or three years old and able to to utter several words, my father told me the first word that I said was Studebaker. Well, that's a mouthful of words for a three-year-old or a two-year-old. Holy cow, why a Studebaker? Did your parents have one? No, no. And it was funny. We, we lived in Atlanta, Georgia at the time, and we lived in a three-floor walk-up, and it had a porch that overlooked the main street in front of us. And it wasn't far from the varsity, if you're familiar with Atlanta at all. Mm-hmm. So my father would sit out there with me, and I would identify the cars that came by. <laughs> ah, okay. There you go. Wow. Studebaker. That, that's incredible. Yeah. I think the only more difficult word would have been Duesenberg. So uh, <laughs> very cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about challenges and failures because everybody who has some success in life has faced a challenge. They faced a big failure, perhaps. They've worked through something. So I'd love for you to walk us through one of yours. Tell us how that experience helped you gain even more knowledge and what kind of lessons it taught you. Well, that, that's uh, I've had a lot of failures <laughs> in my life. I'm hoping that the Cigar City Concourse doesn't become one of them. We'll make that a success. There but, you go. Uh, in business, and, and after, as I had alluded to earlier, we closed down the uh, Sports News Network, I moved to Florida, and I was contemplating launching another business. And I was actually at a broadcast convention in Las Vegas, ran into a friend of mine who had actually worked with me, and he was trying to set up uh, what we call an out-of-home place-based network with thoroughbred racetracks. And I talked to him for a minute, and I said, well, you know, the way you're going about it is wrong. You're talking to the signal provider. You need to talk to the content provider, the racetracks. Well, I said to him, let me give it a shot. I'll see what I can do. Well, within three months, I had two dozen racetracks signed, and the very first piece of business that I signed was with Party Poker. Mm. And you may recall, you may recall back... 15 years ago when uh, all those offshore gaming sites were becoming very popular. Yes. Well, it it worked out terrific for me because at the time, a lot of the major networks and ESPNs would not accept their advertising. So because I was closed circuit and we were in private venues at racetracks and casino sportbooks and OTB parlors, I did not have a problem with it, and, and it was terrific, and it was, it shot 
like a rocket, the business went from zero up to very significant in a very short period of time. And we rode the crest of that wave until the government decided that uh, <laughs> gaming <laughs> yeah. on the Internet was not a good thing to do. Mm. And they killed the whole business. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, that went away. And then we still do it. We still have, you know, smaller advertisers that are on it. But, you know, at the time I thought, now it's time to do something else. And I looked around and I looked around and I've done... I've done how-to home videos for Antique Automobile. Oh, uh, God, on, under a company I started called Vix V8 Videos. Hmm. And we sold those on the Internet in the early stages of the Internet and did a bunch of that stuff. But I, you know, when, I, when I finally, I had gone to see Bill Warner, who was the founder and CEO of Amelia Island. Yes, yes. And I interviewed Bill for a show that I was trying to put together and trying to sell and syndicate. But the, the, the financial vision at that particular time, the country was in a recession. We weren't really doing that well. And so mm -hmm. I thought, well, you know what? I'll shelve this and I'll put it and wait for later. And that's when I decided more, more recently to start the Concord Delegance, and I'm going to tell Bill that he's my inspiration to do this. So nice, nice. We'll we'll, we'll see if I if I can make the Cigar City Concord Delegance one tenth of what uh, Amelia Island is. I will consider that a huge success. Ah, uh, no doubt. Yeah, Bill's been a guest here on Cars Yeah. So you two are now Cars Yeah alumni, which is pretty cool. <laughs> And his event, of course, spectacular, a lot of years under his belt. So there's a lot of learning there, a lot of knowledge. But it sounds like to me your career has been uh, very successful in the sense of a lot of pivots. And the fact that you've been able to take one thing, build it up, and then whatever happens that makes it not work anymore, you've been able to just pivot and move on to the next thing. So if there's one takeaway from all your career pivots, if you will, that you could share with somebody out there that might be facing some similar challenges what would that one thing be? Well, I have to say, I, I think pivot is a great term. I'd call it more like roll with the punches. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I think for, my, for myself, Mark, what, what I have always tried to do is I always tried to keep a positive attitude and tried to think, what can I do that will have meaning for those people out there that I want to sell it to or that I want to introduce it to and, and what's the best way to do it. And, and my whole attitude toward business and everything else in life is go for the gusto. I mean, you yeah. go around, you only go around once. And if you don't go around to grab that brass ring, then who knows what may have happened. So, Absolutely. You know, I've reached for the brass ring a number of times. <laughs> haven't always grabbed a hold of it, but I think I've got it this time with the concourse. So yes. We'll see what happens. Absolutely. Always reach for the brass ring. Well, let's shift gears and talk about a career aha moment. Now, you've had a lot of career aha moments. So take one, for instance. And you know what I think might be kind of cool here is to talk about your aha about Cigar City Concord because – for one thing, for people out there, and you and I had a great pre-show chat, and you shared a little bit about some flathead passion that you and your buddies have, and you live there in what's known as Tampa Cigar City. So tell us about your Cigar City Concours aha moment. OK, 
Okay, well, uh, you know, as I had mentioned to you earlier, and I'll let your listeners know, I was looking for something else to do business-wise and something that I would enjoy because having been a sports producer for 20 years and having no prior interest in sports, <laughs> I just I was able to do it and make money with it on television, which is what I had wanted to begin with. But I wanted to do something that involved my passion for automobiles. And I, I didn't want to be a mechanic. I didn't want to open a garage. I call myself a hammer mechanic anyway. But I, <laughs> I wanted to do something that could bring me close to what I most love, which is antique automobiles and automobiles of every ilk, just mm -hmm. about. And so I thought, here's the perfect opportunity. And the Cigar City name came to me because Tampa is known as the Cigar City, the cigar capital of the United States. And even though it's a small section of Tampa called uh, Ybor City, which housed all of the cigar companies and still does to this day, Cigar City was a mantra and, and a name. I thought, this will be cool. This is a great idea. So we call, we call our local Flathead Enthusiast Club the Cigar City Flathead. So it's, it's basically an extension of that, the Cigar City Concord d'Elegance. Mm, very nice. Very, very cool. I love it. I love all the pieces that all came together here, too. Well, how about a proudest career moment? I would assume you've had many because you've been involved in so many very cool things. But is there one that stands out you'd share with us? Oh, let's see. One moment. Oh, I have to think about that for a minute. But I, <laughs> I would think that, you know, as again, and I'll go back to when we launched the uh, sports news network on cable, we were at a broadcast convention in San Diego and we had hired Mickey Mantle as our uh, baseball spokesperson. Wow. And Mickey was going to be at the event. And so, and like I said, I never was that big of a fan of any kind of sports, but as a kid in the early 60s, Mickey Mantle, I mean, he was like the god of all sports. Oh, of course, yeah. And, and to get to meet Mickey Mantle, to me, was great. I mean, the only thing that I, I think would be better than that was be able to meet one of the Ford family, like Edsel Ford II. But yeah. uh, to meet Mickey Mantle and to talk with Mickey Mantle, it was it was really enjoyable. And I he actually signed a baseball for me. So <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. The icon I know for myself growing up as a kid. This will date me a little bit too. Here, Vic is. Everybody knew Mickey Mantle. I mean, that name just rolled off your tongue uh, as one of the icons, uh, right up there with a Babe Ruth type name. I mean, just everybody right, knew who that exactly. was. So very cool. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time. Now, I know that when you were a tender young age of 16 or 15 or so, there was a special Ford in your life. I always like to ask people about the first really special car in their life. So was that uh, Tudor Super Deluxe Sedan the one for you, or was there another car that had more meaning? Well, actually, when I was in high school, I was 15, there was a guy who was in school. He was uh, older than I was. He was, I think he was a senior at the time. He had a 62 Dodge convertible. Mm. And, 
the car did not impress me that much, but what impressed me was every time after school, I'd go out into the back parking lot, this guy's car would be surrounded with all the high school girls. <laughs> there you and go. Said, it's got to be the car because it sure is not him. <laughs> so I started looking for one, and I actually found what I thought was even nicer was a 62 Plymouth convertible mm. and you know the Plymouths were tearing up NASCAR at that time yeah so I worked at a grocery store and I was you know bagging groceries this woman asked me if I would carry the groceries out to her car and I did and she had a 62 Plymouth convertible nice it was beautiful and I asked her if she would sell it now this is 1965 so it's a, a relatively new car mm-hmm well, she wanted over $900 for this car. <laughs> Might as well be nine, $9 million. I don't, you know, I made 20 bucks a week working yeah. at the grocery store. Yeah. So I decided, well, I got to get something because I, you know, I lived in the suburbs and without a car, boy, you didn't have a social life. So yeah. I need to get a car. So the only car that I could afford at the time, I found this 1948 Ford two-door sedan, which they are affectionately referred to as turtleback sedans because it looks like a turtle shell. Mm. And I, you know, I assumed it was a coupe when they said two-door. Yes. So I went to see it and the guy, he had a big old barn and he had all kinds of flathead powered hot rods, 32 roadsters. He had a 37 coupe. He had, I said, this is great. This car's going to be great. Well, he pulled back the garage door and rolled this thing out backwards. It was the ugliest car I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. I said, you know what? This thing is so ugly, I want it. Well, the two-door is spelled T-U capital D-O-R, if I've got my right. spelling right, correct? And that, that's, that's a Ford pronunciation and spelling. Ford did that in their advertising. They spelled it two-door T-U capital D-O-R. Yeah. 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 Super deluxe sedan. And now I understand you let that car go. You were drafted into the army and I had yes. to let that car go, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, I got drafted and actually went in the service in March of 69. And my father at the time was building a new house. And he told me in no uncertain terms, he was not going to put that blankety blank car <laughs> at his new house. Yeah. So I, I sold it to the, a guy who dated the girl who lived across the street from my father's old house where I grew up. And when I got out of service one Sunday morning early, I was driving down the highway and going to a diner and I see the car sitting in the diner. I knew it was mine, so I go in and I, and I said, who owns that 48 Ford? So the guy who owned it was a guy I had been in high school with. Okay. And so he said, hey, yeah, I put a Merc motor in it, and I did this and that. And so he said, you want to take it for a ride? I said, yes. So I went out. Well, they had butchered it so bad uh, that it, it was horrible. So yeah. I said, no, nah, I'm not interested in it. And then fast forward some 30 years. My brother-in-law calls me and he said, there's a guy around the corner from me that has a turtle back sitting in his driveway. So I went over to look at it and had my son, my young son with me and drove my 53 Ford convertible over to see it. And the car, you couldn't tell what year it was because all the stainless was stripped off of it. And it was just, it looked horrible. There was no engine, no transmission in it. 
But I walked up to it and I looked inside and all I could afford to do when I had it was have the front seat reupholstered, the door panels and the headliner mm. in, in just black Nogai, which was the cool thing to do yeah. at that particular time. But the rear seat was still mohair and the rear quarters were the original quarters. I looked in, I said, okay, that can't be a coincidence. Yeah. So I asked the guy if I could open the trunk. I, yelled, I opened the trunk. I pulled back the now completely dry rotted rubber floor mat. And sure enough, there on the floor are my initials in the day I bought the car. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So I was like, <laughs> okay. I said to my son, I said, this is a car I had in high school. And he looked at me like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> I said, when I had it, though, it was beautiful. Yeah. I remember I had put a set of Denman wide white walls on it. I had it repainted. It was uh, Tucson tan. Mm -hmm. And I had it repainted. And the bummer was the wheels were still original and they had the orange pinstriping on them. Mm. And I couldn't, I tried. And, I, you know, at, at the time, I wasn't adept and I didn't realize you, there were ways to do it. I tried to pinstripe the wheels myself and it was mm -hmm. an abysmal failure. But <laughs> Well, <laughs> that's a pretty unique find. How about seller's remorse? Is there a car you've let go over your many years here that you wish you had back in your garage? Well, I would have to say it would have to be that car. I mean, I actually, oh, about 15 years ago, I was in New York on business. I'd flown up from Florida. I'm in Manhattan. I'm in a restaurant. And I'm having a meeting, and somebody's yelling my name from across the room. <laughs> who could this be? I look up, and it's the guy who owns the Turtleback, the 48, that I saw. You know, on That car again? That same car. And he said to me, man, I read about you in the V8 Times all the time and all this other. I said, you still have my car? He said, yes. Oh, my gosh. I said, is it for sale yet? He said, no. <laughs> I said, well, I'm giving you my number. I do not want you to lose it. When you decide to sell it, I want to buy it. So a couple of years ago, I was up in New York again on business. I went out to visit my sister and brother-in-law, and they live a couple of miles from where this guy is. So we drive by his house, and he had painted the thing fire engine red. Hmm. And it just, to me, it just did not look right. And I said, well, if he still wants to sell it, I'm still interested. Because it was my first car. You know, yeah. said, your first car is like your first girlfriend. You know, yeah. you don't forget it. Yeah. No matter if it turned out good or not, you don't forget <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow, what that a story. Ford, that Ford started me off on a lifelong love-hate affair with Flathead Ford. There you go. Fantastic story. Wow. Well, let's talk a little bit more about Cigar City Concord Elegance is taking place later this year. I'd love for you to share with our listeners a little bit about the venue and about some of the things they can anticipate to see when they attend this great new event. Okay, great. I would love to do that. First, I'll, I'll let everybody know that our website is CigarCityConcourse.com, and that's concourse spelled without an E on the end. Okay. And, and uh, again, it'll be November 10th and 11th of 2018, which is also Veterans Day weekend, so we're getting heavily involved with the veterans, and we have Toys for Tots Wonderful. as one of our sponsors. We also have a, a local venue here called um, Big Cat Rescue, and what they do is they, you know, they'll get 
exotic animals that were, you know, in zoos or whatever, or kept by people for pets, and now they'll rehabilitate them and have a beautiful facility. And when I went to talk to them, the woman said, well, I don't know much about exotic cars, but I know exotic cats. I said, well, that's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Cool, cool. So, So that's one thing. And then, you know, the venue is, as I said earlier, it's Innisbrook Golf and Spa Resort in Palm Harbor, Florida. The Valspar uh, PGA Classic is televised from that location every year. Beautiful and facility. Have, it's, it's, it's outstanding. It's almost 900 acres, and they have four golf courses. They have, you know, five-star restaurants. They have ample parking. I mean, it, it's beautiful, and the location that we will have the concourse event on is the 18th fairway of the North Golf Course. It's 515 yards long and about 100 feet wide at its widest point. So I hope we can fill it up with a lot of cars. But one of the things that I'm looking forward to is that even if we have three or 400 cars on that field, it is large enough that we can actually stage these automobiles to where it's more than the parking lot at Kmart. Mm. So you'll be able to walk around these vehicles like a 30-foot diameter so that you're not crowded looking at them. I mean, because I know going to these events and, and going as a normal ticket buyer, not as a press pass holder because a press pass you get to go in and basically shoot the videos on camera mm-hmm. without you know the throngs of people around them which makes it much easier but this way people will have a much better opportunity to view the automobiles nice well it sounds like an absolutely spectacular event exceptional venue of course and again i would encourage folks to check out the website i'll make sure i put a link to it on Vic's show notes page here on the Cars Yeah website. Put it in your calendar. This is going to be a fantastic event to attend. Well, Vic, here's a very introspective question for you. If you were a car, what kind of car would Vic be and why? <laughs> Gee, that, that, that's... <laughs> I'll tell you what, Mark. I would be a Willys Jeepster. Oh, cool. Yeah. And and the reason I would be a Willys Jeepster is because they were dependable, they were versatile, and they just kept on going. <laughs> there you go. Perfect answer to that question. Well, Vic, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah! sponsors. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars 
when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Vic, we are back and we're entering what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Oh, that's easy. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. (laughs) Absolutely. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? I would have to say persistence. Yes, persistence, tenacity, signs of a true entrepreneur. Uh, and a guy who drives a flathead, too, I think. <laughs> do, you have a, do you have a resource <laughs> you'd like to share with our listeners that you found very useful? Oh, I'll tell you what. The Internet has been a magnificent resource because having been playing with these antique cars for some 50 years and, uh, you know, having to hunt down parts and services and all, I mean, way, way back. Now with the Internet, you can Google just about anything and almost instantaneously you have access. To it. I know. It's just absolutely spectacular. We are quite spoiled these days. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive field or industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? That would have to be Edsel Ford the first. Oh, cool. Yeah, that would be special. Very nice. Very nice. I'll see what I can do for you on that one. <laughs> now, how we about could a, have a stand. So. Yeah, we could. Yeah, a little bit. It'd be interesting. Now, Vic, if I could uh, ask you to share a book with our listeners that you've enjoyed, what would that book be? Oh, I'll tell you, I've enjoyed, there's an author named Henry Dominguez, and Henry has done a significant amount of books about the Ford Motor Company, about the Ford people. The most recent one that I've read that I thoroughly enjoyed was Edsel Ford and E.T. Gregory. Mm. And it it was written more in the style of a novel rather than, you know, a, a historical reference book. Very cool. Very cool. That's the first time that book's been recommended here, which makes me excited. And I'll remind our listeners, this is a great place on the CarShow website called Guest Recommended Books, where this book and all the very, very cool books from all past 949 guests here on CarShow are listed. And I've made it really easy for you to buy them. You just click, takes you over to Amazon, and you can access all those books. A great place. And all this, of course, is on Vic's show notes page on the Carsia website. Just go to Carsia.com, type in Vic 
Piano, P-I-A-N-O, and you'll find his page right there. All right, Vic, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question, it could be a bit of a doozy for a guy like you. If you could have only one cool collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the cost because today I'm going to buy the car. So money's no object. What would that vehicle be and why? Well, I'll tell you, Mark, I'm very fortunate in that I actually have the vehicle that I've always wanted. Nice. It is my 1939 Lincoln Zephyr Convertible Club Coupe. Ooh. And growing up, my father had always told my my father and I got along talking about cars, and that was about the extent of it. (laughs) But he told me that when he, he graduated high school in 1940, he told me that his favorite car of all time was a 1939 Lincoln Zephyr Convertible Club Coupe. Well, I had never seen one. I'd seen pictures of them. Mm-hmm. And about 15 years ago, I was at the uh, Street Rod Nationals in Tampa, Florida, and I'm walking down the row, and they've got all the cars lined up for sale. All you see is the grills and bumpers, and I'm with a couple of friends. And I look down the aisle, and about the 10th car down, I see a bumper. I said, that's a 39 Lincoln Zephyr. Mm. So I fully expected it to be a four-door sedan. And when I got there and saw that it was a convertible club coupe, I was like, okay, this is my car. I want this car. And I was fortunate enough to buy it. And and there are only, according to the Lincoln Zephyr Owners Club, there were 631 of them, I believe, built. There's only 17 known to exist. Oh my gosh! So it's 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 an extremely rare car. It's one of the nicest driving cars because when they built those, they were unibody cars. Mm-hmm. And so the the thing it's it's the most solid convertible I have. It doesn't rattle, which is spooky because yeah. <laughs> every other convertible I ever owned or still own. You drive down the road, and all you hear are creaks and rattles coming out of it if you can block the wind noise out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, It's a magnificent car. Yeah, very unique car. And if I remember right, it was originally conceived by Etzel Ford, but, of course, the designer Eugene, I think it was Grigiari? Am I saying that right? It was Eugene Gregory, yeah. Greg, okay, Gregory. Yeah, he was the designer of that car, and – of course, uh, named after the uh, Greek word Zephyrus, I believe it was, West Wind, so the car of yep. the wind. But that car was really, really cool for its day. I mean, it had some beautiful design elements and very modernistic for its day as well. So, very cool. And it's funny because because originally the Zephyr, which came out in '36. That was a design by John Jarda, who had worked for the company that built convertibles for Ford, because Ford did not build them at their factory. They would Mm -hmm. send coupes out to this company. They would configure them as convertibles, send them back to be reassembled at the factory. So the cars are, are unbelievably beautiful cars, and they built three prototypes. The first one for Edsel 
as his personal car to take because he wintered in Miami Beach. Mm. And they shipped it down to him, and he took it out, you know, to the golf course, and all of his cronies saw the car and said, we want to buy this car. So yeah. he sent a, a telegram back to E.T. Gregory and said, I'm sending the car back. I want you to disassemble it, make preparations to produce the car. Nice. And so they made three prototypes, and only one existed when they were finished. And Edsel gave that car to E.T. Gregory. And then I think sometime after Edsel passed away in 43, E.T. Gregory sold the car and then it went into obscurity. Well, this guy found it about 20 years ago, restored it, and it has been making the rounds. I'm trying to get a hold of him because I'd love to have that car on the show field because the, the mark that we are celebrating for our initial program, our initial show, mm-hmm. is Lincoln. Zephyr and Continental. <laughs> there you go. And, there and, you go. And the reason and the reason they are called Continentals is because Edsel Ford would go to Europe all the time and buy cars and bring them back and disassemble them and play with them, whatever. And they called them Continentals because mm-hmm. they came from the European continent. There you go. And that's how it got the name Continental. A very nice story. Well, I'm very thrilled that. You're one of the very few guests here on Cars Yeah I don't have to buy a car for, so that saves me a few coins uh, for sure. But I think more importantly, the fact that you have the car of your dreams makes it very, very special. Well, Vic, you have taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed learning more about you and this upcoming Cigar City Concord Elegance. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with our listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in your 39 Lincoln Zephyr? <laughs> Well, Mark, as I said earlier, the best advice I could give anyone about business or life in general is to be persistent and always go for that brass ring. Absolutely. And again, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about the inaugural Cigar City Concours de Elegance? Well, they can log on to our website at uh, www.cigarcityconcord.com and it will give them, you know, the full nine yards, everything that's going on. We are updating it on a weekly basis. These last two weeks have been kind of slow <laughs> because of the holidays, but we will be adding to it every day. And if they have an automobile that they feel they'd like to display either on Saturday at our cigars and car event are on the concourse field. They just need to fill out the application form on the website, submit it to us, and we will get back to them. And uh, I will extend to you a personal invitation to be my guest. Wow. Sounds fantastic. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Vic has shared today on his Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Vic Piano, P-I-A-N-O, You'll find his page right there. I would encourage you to check out the Cigar City Concord Elegance. The website will be linked there. This is going to be a very, very cool event. Vic, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your automotive experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, or I see you on the lawn at the Cigar City Concord, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Have a very happy new year. You as well, my friend. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. 
For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!